This is a Soulfire production. Hello. Hello, hello. Man. I knew I was going to have to record this episode someday. Didn't really anticipate it at this point, but here we are. So today we announced on social media that we lost our dog Dutch. I say dog, but I mean love of my life, life partner, human in a dog's body. <laughs> um, it was one of the worst days of our lives and came really unexpectedly. He was 12. He's a golden doodle. He lived a long, amazing, fulfilling life and he showed no signs. Um, that he was sick. And we still don't know what happened. Um, Basically, we woke up last Saturday morning and he wasn't really moving. He was laying on the floor next to me and um, I had Connor look at him and he was like, something's wrong. Call the vet. It was like six o'clock in the morning. So I call emergency, urgent care vet, whatever. And um, let them know. And they were like, you need to bring him in immediately. And we knew what was happening. We knew he was dying. Um, and so we got him there and they were like, there's really nothing we can do. We think that he had some sort of cancerous mass that ruptured. So there's a ton of blood in his belly and, um, you know, he's in full organ failure and, we could do surgery. We could do this. We could do that. And we were both like, you're absolutely not probing our dog. Thank you very much. Um, so within 20 minutes of getting there, we had to let him go. Um, and because it was unexpected and because it just, you know, came out of nowhere, I went into complete denial. And for four or five days, I was like, He's at the vet. He's coming back. This didn't happen. (laughs) This is not real. And it's really interesting if you've been around me or the show uh, for a while now. I've done episodes now about the loss of my mom. She died of cancer pretty quickly. She was alive for six months after she was diagnosed in 2020. And then we lost our puppy Remy when he was nine months old. He got hit by a car at doggy day camp. And So I've dealt with quite a bit of grief over the last few years. And I knew that the day Dutch died would be one of the worst days of my life. And I also knew that, or I also thought I knew how I would handle grief, given the fact that I had done this and it had been with another dog um, and a puppy. So that was super tragic and unexpected. And then with my mom, who as you've heard on the show, again, a very tumultuous, interesting relationship, but she was my everything for most of my life. And so really hard situations. And so I was like, I've got this. (laughs) It's funny how uh, a life slaps you and is like, oh, that's cute. You think you've got it. You've got it. Okay. We'll show you how you've got it. And so I did this interesting thing where I just went into complete denial. And I was like, no, he's coming back. This isn't real. And I also at the same time 
was very conscious that I was doing it and aware. And I told a few of our friends and Connor, I know I'm in denial and I know that this is going to be so hard. This is going to be one of the hardest things I've ever had to deal with. And so I don't want to go there. So I'm completely avoiding it. So it was interesting to almost have this out of body experience watching myself show up the way I was. And it also came during pretty severe postpartum depression. So if you listen to the last episode, I talked about how I've been navigating that. And just a couple days after having some really severe anxiety and struggles and coming to Connor and really coming to terms with the fact that I have been dealing with postpartum depression, Dutch died. And so it was just a lot of things at once. It's like you have a six month old, you're in postpartum, you're feeling depressed, you have anxiety, you're fucking exhausted and your best friend dies and you're trying to make sense of it, but nothing makes sense. And so that's where I was for a few days. And I just had to be with myself. I didn't want to talk to anybody about it. We didn't post about it um, except to our close friends because it was like posting about it, acknowledged that it was real. And I absolutely wanted nothing to do with that reality. Um, It just wasn't, just wasn't the truth for me. And so I actually went into a mushroom ceremony five days after he passed away. And I had someone else facilitate it for me. And of course, being with Dutch and talking to Dutch was a huge part of my intention for the ceremony. But even more than that, it was reconnecting with my body and reconnecting with my soul and my desires and opening my channels back up and reestablishing what my spirituality looks like. Um, and just really coming back into my body. I haven't sat with mushrooms in this way in a really long time, a couple years, um, because of, you know, being pregnant and having a baby and all of that. And it really felt like divine timing that I had this scheduled already before Dutch had even passed away and really grateful that my girlfriend facilitated for me in such a profound way. And Dutch came in immediately in that ceremony. And I felt his paw on my back and I felt him just tell me everything's okay and that I'm here. Why are you acting like I'm not here? I'm right here. I'm with you, literally, like inside of you. (laughs) And I kind of giggled because he was like, you're so funny. It was like that energy of like, you're so funny. You act like the world has ended because I'm not there, but I'm still there. What are you doing? (laughs) I was like, touche, Dutch, touche. And I just realized that his soul has no boundaries and that, yeah, he is my soulmate. And I do feel that. And I feel like we've done this a million times together and we will continue to do it. I was joking with Connor that I'm I'm literally going to marry Dutch the man in my next life. And I'm joking, but I'm also fucking serious as fuck. You can think I'm crazy. I don't even care. That is my truth. Um, I actually, oh, I forgot about this. If you've ever done mushrooms, this happens. I saw this in ceremony and I have not even told Connor this yet. I saw 
myself meet Dutch as a man. And I watched us like meet, like our bodies met, but our souls met and like connected. And it was really beautiful. It was like, this isn't over. And so I felt him with me deeply and profoundly. And he, he said to me, I came here for a purpose. I came here to help you. I came here to guide you and to help heal you. And you don't need me anymore. And he said, you're so much stronger than you think. And the last thing he said to me was be happy. And I've relied on Dutch for so long for the last three and a half years since he became my, my best friend. I relied on him to carry me through a lot of hard times and he was my crutch in a lot of ways. And it was like, I can't do anything without Dutch. And I've never acknowledged my own strength or my own ability um, to really navigate life. I'm a strong person and I ha- I'm extremely resilient and I've been through a lot of random ass shit that's hard and challenging and weird and cool and <laughs> a lie and true and, you know, all the things. But I've never really acknowledged my strength. And when he said, you have no idea how strong you are, I was like, And one of the things that I was grappling with last week was I felt guilty for wanting to be happy and for being happy because my best friend just died. I lost him and I was broken and I felt like my soul had been ripped out of my body and I have never been happier in my life. And I've said this before. It's like the duality, man. The duality is fucking crazy. I've never been so happy being a mom, being Rose's mom, being Connor's wife, being Theo Dog's mom, being the CEO and co-founder of Soulfire, hosting this show, living on this mountain, Having the friends and, and sisters that I have. Being in this body. I have never been happier. And there's so much within me that wants to dance and play and sing and just celebrate the life that I've created. Because I worked really hard for this. We've come a long way, you guys. (laughs) And at the same time, I wanted to crawl into a hole and die because how do I do this without Dutch? And how is it okay that I'm happy without him here? Like, I don't want life to go on without him because he deserves like the world to stop for him and acknowledge him. And it's like, I don't even know what life is without him anymore. And so it was confusing to me. Like, I don't know if it's okay to be happy without him here. And he literally said to me, be happy. I was like, okay, 
funny thing is, I have a tattoo on my foot. It's in Spanish. It says, Cuidate y sé feliz. And it means take care of yourself and be happy. And those were my abuela's last words to me before she died. And I'm like, damn. Two people, two energies, two beings that I loved more than anything in the world. And they're both like, be happy. I get to be happy. I get to be happy. And I get to be happy for them and with them and through them. My grandmother is my greatest guide. And my mom is right there with her. And Remy joined them. And now Dutch is there. My uncle is also an incredible guide for me. Like, my spirit squad is fucking next level. (laughs) So good. So I went through this ceremony, and I had all these awarenesses, and I was like, okay. I mean, I healed the Dutch thing in like 10 minutes. He was like, okay, we're good. Like, I'm inside of your body and your soul. You're taking me with you. We're not done. Okay, moving on. (laughs) I was like, okay, cool. And then I went into a bunch of other shit that had nothing to do with that. But what came after that was this awareness and why I'm doing this show is that grief asks for trust. Grief asks for trust. That came to me a couple days after the ceremony. I was like, oh, that's interesting. Grief really does ask for trust. It asks us to trust ourselves that we can navigate it and get through it and come out on the other side. It asks us to trust the universe and the souls that leave us. That there's a bigger purpose at play outside of what we can see. And that's really hard to digest when you're going through grief and loss. There are some of you in this community who are going through it right now that I know of. And it's brutal. And how can you trust? How can you trust? But what shifted for me was. Dutch was telling me that I have to trust myself. And that's something that I have struggled with. Trusting my knowing and my intuition and my own guidance and my truth and my voice and what I'm meant for and my purpose. There are these questions that the, and doubt that come up. He's like, you have to trust yourself. Trust yourself to create the life that you want. And that there's something bigger than just this at play. So as I have been open and processing and in grief, really opening myself up to what's next. And I've shared about the soul strategy wait list. And I have said that this is the best thing that I've ever done. And I got so much clarity this week on what it's going to look like. I have guided meditations. 
live calls, journal prompts, and group connection. This is going to be so potent as a step-by-step process for connecting on a soul level with yourself and what you want to create. How to create the life of your dreams. Everything that goes into that, every aspect of listening and intuition and hearing the call and taking action, stepping into your most genuine, authentic self and letting go of the noise and the chaos and not caring what other people think and owning your voice and owning your power and going after what you want and asking for what you want and letting your desires be known. Every aspect of intentionally creating a life you love will be in this program. It will be extremely affordable. And I am so, so fucking excited. We are almost there. We are almost there. So if you want in limited availability, get your ass on the wait list. I've talked about Journey of Souls before. It's my Bible. If you have not read it yet, I say this every time. What the fuck are you doing? It will change your life, especially in moments like this where you need a reminder that there is more to life than the 3D. Journey of Souls was written by a hypnotherapist, I think, in like the 70s. And he takes you through all these different interviews with all of his patients. And they basically, in the same vocabulary detail, the journey from earth in your body into the soul ethereal space and back. And what goes on? What does your soul do when it leaves your body? What is the ethereal like? And they talk about like soul families and these pods and how you look from above and you choose your own adventure. Like, I see my life. I see all the different paths I can take. I'm going to choose this one. And in this life, I'm going to be Kelly's dog Dutch. Because that's the karmic lesson and pattern that we get to learn together. And then in the next life, I'm going to be her husband. Because now we get to learn in that way. And it reminds you that everything is on purpose and that everything has been thought through before and that I just don't believe. And it's fine if you believe differently. Connor and I disagree on this all the time because he's like, how can you actually know that? You don't know that to be true. And I'm like, yeah, I get where you're coming from, but it feels true for me. And if I'm right or wrong, does it really matter? It feels true for me. It lands with my soul and my knowing. And that's enough for me. And if I'm wrong, then I'm wrong. If I don't marry Dutch in the next life, that's okay. But I'm going to. So (laughs) that book 
brings you peace of mind and it brings you perspective. Because without there being a higher reasoning, I see how people get lost in their grief and never come out. Like someone's parent dies and they never recover. I've been in the grief. It's been horrific. I was there. I was holding Dutch as he closed his eyes and took his last breaths. I held my mom as she closed her eyes and took her last breaths. And I couldn't be there for Remy because it was an accident that happened when he wasn't with us, which is a whole other level of fucking tragic. So I hold on to the fact that in my faith and in my belief system, there is more to life and our soul's journeys and experiences than this one drop on the earth for this short amount of time. And that brings me so much peace. And I feel like it's a deep exhale. Knowing that there's something bigger at play. I learned massive lessons. Dutch changed my life. He changed me in every way. He prepared me to become a mom. He was my first dog. He taught me what real love is and unconditional love and how how to show people grace and compassion. And he took care of Connor through so many hard moments. And he took care of Connor's mom. And he lived with Connor and then his parents and then us. He's seen us through so many things. He was there to help bring Roe into the world. And Roe was there as he left the world. There's just so much that he did. And I know that it was on purpose. And that brings me so much peace. And I felt this portal open with his death. I have struggled with my spirituality over the last few years. I don't think it is any secret here that I think the spiritual space is a crock of shit in a lot of ways and has been used to market and sell you into programs. Uh, I think it's lame. (laughs) I think it's really overdone. Um, And I think it's super manipulative and gross. And I bought into it for a while till I realized like, this doesn't feel good. I don't like where this is going. And I'm very anti-manipulation and I very much people doing what's best for them. And, you know, sometimes it makes me bad at playing the game, but I don't care because I'm an integrity. Dutch really opened the portal for me to step back into my spiritual practice and for Connor to as well. I think we veered away from the path over the last few years. And there's been this underlying anger and resentment for what spirituality and personal development has become. And my intention in my ceremony last week was to really open my channels back up and get 
really in touch with myself and my intuition and my own guidance. And that happened. I mean, I was blown open and it was fucking dope. And I was like, yes, there we go. I feel like I'm back in a whole new way. So I think a couple months ago, I don't know how long it's been. Anyways, Organifi launched their collagen. It's the fucking bomb. Everything they've had has been vegan. So this is the first non-vegan product. And let me tell you, your girl is getting her protein in. I had to track my eating for like three days with my amazing trainer, Jesse O'Brien. Um, he does all my programming from Austin. He owns a central athlete gym and we do remote programming since I'm obviously not in Austin right now. And we were like, okay, let's just see where my numbers are because I'm trying to gain muscle. And I just wanted to see what it looked like. And I am over on my protein, which was the first time I've ever had that happen when tracking. So that felt really fucking good. And we were talking about it. A huge part of that is because of the collagen that I'm getting in. I put the Organifi collagen in my coffee every morning. I do my King mushroom coffee. I put collagen in there and I blend it or steam it, whatever, with the raw milk. So I have, you know, an amazing amount of protein in my coffee. And then when I make my Organifi shake, uh, either vanilla or chocolate, I also add collagen into that. So I am getting a beefed up amount of protein every day. And collagen is also so extremely helpful and healing postpartum. I made sure I had a shake every day as much as I could when I was not vomiting 24 seven, when I was pregnant and postpartum. I mean, it's just everything because your body is repairing on every single level. So having collagen, having enough protein are absolutely the most important thing you can do for yourself aside from sleeping, but who the fuck sleeps anymore? So if you want to go to Organifi.com slash Kelly Moore, you will get 20% off. Also, speaking of sleep, I'm working on it. Okay. I'm fucking working on it. Roe is working on it. We are working together. We are tag teaming the sleep monster. We're not doing an amazing job. Oh man, please don't send me unsolicited advice. I have enough people telling me what the fuck to do about sleep. But what I will say is that taking the cured Zen at night, Ro goes to bed. I take a Zen and I also take a serenity gummy. And I have noticed that it really helps me when I have to get up and I go breastfeed her, it helps me go back to sleep a lot faster. So I think I'm getting much more sleep. Even on those nights when she's up every two hours, I feel like I'm getting more sleep because it helps me get back to sleep more quickly. And I feel like the Zen really calms my body. I mentioned that I was having some wine at night where we went to a party and I had some drinks and alcohol and postpartum do not blend well for me. So I am completely sober from alcohol at this point because it's not worth it. One glass of wine makes me anxious as fuck and I hate it. So I am solely taking serenity gummies and the Zen um, caps from Cured and I feel so good the next day and I don't have anxiety and I don't feel stressed out and it just feels so right in my body. So highly recommend go to the link in the show notes, Cured Nutrition, and you will get 20% 
off. I got to that point because I, as much as I shut down for a few days and was in complete denial and was like, fuck everything, this is the worst. My heart knew it had to stay open. My heart knew that there was something bigger coming. And as I sat in that ceremony and then came out, I knew that it was extremely important to be in listening. When events like this happen in our lives that change us, that shift us, there's an opportunity for us to show up. Most of the world doesn't show up when the portal opens. Most of the world hides and avoids and numbs and says, this is too hard. I don't want to go there. And we miss out on these grand opportunities for growth and for connection with ourselves and God and so much beyond us out of fear. And I knew on a very deep level that this was going to change me in the best ways. That I that Dutch did not die in vain and I would not ignore what was being shown to me as an opportunity to grow and show up bigger in my life. When we go through unbearable pain, The pain that feels like, how will I survive this? For whatever reason, this can be breakups, being cheated on, losing a child, a dog passing away, a career shift, like your house burning down. I don't know, whatever it is that causes you unbearable pain. When we go through it, There is an opportunity for us to expand our capacity to feel. Unbearable pain is on one side of the spectrum. Deep, massive, life-altering love is on the other. And there's all the things in between. And you get more clarity and more truth, and more grounding as that capacity grows. So if you're willing, through the unbearable pain, to say, I am open and I am listening, there is so much available to you. And for a second, I I had to check myself because I thought, am I just fucking bypassing this? (laughs) Like, am I just ignoring how sad I am and just, you know, dancing around the living room and the kitchen with Ro and singing in the car and playing with Theo and loving on my husband? Am I just ignoring what just happened? And I was like, no, I actually 
very deeply feel, I feel so deeply the loss of Dutch. And it allows me to feel all of this, to show up with so much joy in my life, with so much gratitude, with so much perspective. I let the duality exist within me in deep, deep sadness and reverence for Dutch's life and everything he brought to everyone he ever encountered. And also the most joy and excitement for my life and where it's headed right now. And I don't want to block that. I don't want to block the sadness and I don't want to block the joy because they are both equally so important for the woman I am becoming. I will not attach to a story that I can't go on because my mom passed away or because we lost both of our dogs. I will not let those things crush me because I know that there is so much else available to me. I am willing to feel deep, deep sadness and pain. Because I know that the more I feel it and the more I allow it to move through me, the more space I have for the joy and the smiles and the dancing and the singing and the play and the laughter. It's like every rom-com ever. Well, you know, don't let yourself actually feel because then you'll get your heart broken and that's the worst. Isn't it in Something's Gotta Give with Diane Keaton and Jack Nicholson and she's on the beach with her daughter and she's like, I wish that you could feel this type of sadness and this type of pain in the loss of someone you love. And her daughter's like, I've never felt that before. And Diane Keaton says, what are you waiting for? Her daughter just like, had these blocks and barriers for letting people in and everything was about sex and surface level shit and cars and money and blah, blah, blah. And Diane Keaton's like, but this is the meaning of life. This pain right here, this heartbreak is everything. And we're so scared to feel it. We don't go there. We don't go there with ourselves. We don't allow other people to go there with us. But this is life. This is the joy of life that we get to love this much, this hard, this big. That it crushes us when it's gone. I have learned more in death over the last few years than I've learned in anything else. And not just the death of other people, but the death of myself and every identity and everything and every version of me I thought I was and felt like I needed to be death over and over and over again. And on the other side of that is the blossoming of the truth, is the blossoming of the new, is the blossoming and the growth and the wonder 
of new life and new creation and the space to dream. Dutch isn't here anymore. And we'll get another dog and another dog and another dog because we love animals and we're really good dog parents and hopefully one day horse parents and donkey parents and goat parents and chicken parents and maybe a cat if Connor finally convinces me. God almighty. He's not here anymore and we will move on. And we will be better to them because of him. And yeah, I am really sad. That was my guy. I joked with Connor. I loved Dutch more than Connor. And in ways I did because it's just different, right? It's unconditional. He doesn't talk back to me. (laughs) Dutch just knew my heart in ways that no one else ever did. And no one else ever will, I don't think. And I love my daughter different than I did Dutch, you know. But I've learned more in depth than anything else. Are you in listening? In these transitions, in these times of grief, are you in listening? Are you in trust? with yourself and with the universe and with your soul and with the souls of all those around you, that this is part of the path and the plan. It doesn't mean it isn't hard and it doesn't mean it isn't sad. But I will go on to live an amazing life made more incredible because of him. And I will choose to continue to love hard and deep and have my heart shattered and broken into a million pieces if it means that I get to expand and grow and be loved and love those around me in ways that make me better, that make my life mean something. Dutch touched so many people on this earth and he will continue to And I will carry him with me every freaking day for the rest of my life. That soul bond doesn't go anywhere. And I am in deep trust that I am being guided to more of myself and more of what I'm meant to do. As he has opened this portal and I am in listening. If you are in grief, I send you so much love. And I pray that you read Journey of Souls. I promise you it will change everything. Ah, for my duchy. I love you, buddy. Thank you all for listening. I hope this is helpful in your journey of grief and coming back to your trust. See you soon.